Hello, welcome to the Petcast, brought to you by leading pet charity, Blue Cross. I'm Emma Barton, and of course, I'm joined by my ray of sunshine, Poppy Dog. On this episode, how important is it to get your pet ready to face the outside world? In order for them to to enjoy it and in order for it to be an enjoyable experience for us too, they need to be able to relate to their surroundings. It's been a year like no other. So Leanne Reed from Blue Cross is here to talk about socialising your pet post-pandemic and for a summer staycation. Plus... Every question is going to have a four-hour answer. My gorgeous Strictly partner in crime, Anton de Beck, talks about his two delightful dash hounds and, most probably, himself. This is lovely and all that, but isn't there anything you'd like to know about me? (laughs) (laughs) And this is what we do on the Petcast. Have candid conversations around the big issues facing pet lovers like me and you with some of the UK's leading pet experts who are on hand to give us their best tips, tricks and guidance. Leanne and Anton, welcome to the Petcast. Thank you very much. It's so lovely to see you. Can I tell you, it's been too long. It's been too long. You look amazing. I love your barnet. Look at it. All thank s- you. Silky and long and shiny. <laughs> I washed it especially for you. Well, thank you. It's very early as well. You must have been up in the middle of the night. I haven't been to sleep. No, haven't been to sleep. No. I, the excitement always- of talking to you. You're such a pro. I love that. I love that. Victoria Principal used to do that in episodes of Dallas when she used to waken next to Bobby um, and and, and be all sort of glamorous and the hair had been all back home to an inch of its life and Elmet had been used and the ozone layer was sort of caving in through the... and looking all glamorous. And she hadn't been... She sort of went like that and went, morning, morning, Morning. Bobby. Morning. And all ready to go. Leanne, I apologise in advance. <laughs> Anton, can I just remind you, we're here to talk about pets. Yes. Okay. Apologies. Is that all yes. right? I thought we were just chatting. <laughs> we are. Tell me about your beautiful, ready, your yep. dash hounds. Oh, come on. Come on, tell me about them. They are gorgeous. They are six and four or seven and five. So I think with dashhounds is that they, once they sort of get to adult size when they're a puppy i can't even tell you you'd have hundreds of them you'd have fields of puppy dashens with the floppy ears and the gore the most gorgeous things you've ever seen in your life and then they get to sort of normal size which is pretty small anyway because they're miniature dashens black and tan and short hair you have to <laughs> fill in all this information when you ever discuss these things. um and then and then they stay there and you, then you forget how old they are because they just forever look the same. And um, so, yeah, there you are. That's that's the age of them. And they've got a lovely little trot. Every question is going to have a four-hour answer. You only yeah, of course it is. Were, and I, I've rambled on about what they're like. <laughs> ahead, I love sorry, the way that they trot along. They've got a fantastic little walk. I, I think they're the They've got a wonderful cutest. cadence. I love it. Yes. No wonder you got them. Leanne, how, how are you? I mean, we spoke to you on, on the last season of Petcast. And so how's your little one and how's your dog? They are both grand. Thank you. Yeah, doing really well. Enjoying the restrictions lifting. So yeah, getting is, out there. Good. So that's what we want to talk about today, really, isn't it? Getting our pets ready for meeting new people, getting back outside, get walking. Why is it so important, Leanne, to, you know, get out there and socialise our dogs? And cats. 
Yeah, it's it's so important because our, I mean, our dogs in particular, they're, they're probably the, the species that we think of normally when we talk about socialization because they tend to join us um, with whatever we do. Um, we want to take them out on walks. We want to to take them places. And and in order for them to, to enjoy it and, and in order for it to be an enjoyable experience for us too, they need to be able to relate to their surroundings and other people and not be petrified but equally not be um so over the top that they're they're a bit too excitable yeah it's hard because you've got all those different stages haven't you you've got your, your puppies and then other dogs if you've, you've rehomed and you don't know how they're going to react what are your dogs like anton de beck mm-hmm. out socializing do you take them on the golf course do you know or or, or do you take them for a yeah run? well i do actually i do take them if i'm going uh, um on going to play maybe nine holes and I take them out for a run and it's lovely and if you can get out sort of you know mid-afternoon there's no, not many people around it's lovely the old one Antoninus he is uh he's better as he's got older Branston is um still as I say antisocial but I said because I think what they think they are are big dogs that's the thing about um Dachshunds they think they're big yes so they'll they'll you can see there's a dog coming up the path in the in in the woods there, and it's quite a big dog, and uh, they'll have a tear off after it, um, and having a bark as they do. It's so quite noisy little things, uh, and then they get closer, and it's as though their eyesight suddenly comes into focus, and they go, "Oh, Jesus, you're a bit large," and then turn around and run off, and it's hilarious, really. So, are they scared of the biggie doggies? Well, they're not stealth. Dashens. They won't approach anything mm. quietly. So they, they're always sort of making a bit of noise, really. Um, and then, you know, so they, I think they think they're bigger than they are. So it's just if another dog sort of, not turns on them, but, you know, seems as excited to see them as they are, uh, then they go, blimey, you're, you're rather larger than I thought. Do they go sort of daddy, yeah, daddy, yeah, yeah, pick yeah, me up? Tearing what back. Do you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. they? And do you yeah. pick them up? Well, it's just better for everyone them. Yeah, is- if I just pick them up. I mean, it's not ideal, is it? You'd want to, but that's the nature of the the, the um, breed of dog, really. I mean, every dog is uh, different. By definition, Dachshunds, uh, they're badger dogs, really, the full-size ones. And they're, they're hounds. So they're trained or bred in order to go down holes and, and search out badgers, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so you, it's, you know, they're not scared of big things, but I don't think our dogs think, know that they're miniature Dachshunds. <laughs> so they're not like the real thing. <laughs> is this common, Leanne? It, it's, yeah, it's not unusual um, to, to sort of hear about a response like this. It, it, it's a it's the way dogs communicate it, it, it's a, a part of their repertoire it's not unusual for smaller dogs to find larger dogs a bit sort of worrisome but intimidating what about you know not just other doggies you know coming towards that you know your pet and you know you notice they're feeling a little bit uneasy is there anything else that you know we should be looking out for especially with a new pet puppy for the first time going out what you think we should be looking out for that could stress our our dog out so I think that trying to avoid forcing them into a situation. So if if they seem reluctant, that's probably your first um, the first sort of sign that that they're struggling a little. But really, because they're all so individual, 
different things can frighten different pets. So it is really a case of watching your dog, learning to read their body language and and what what they're trying to tell you um, and responding appropriately. I think my puppy dog, I think she would be absolutely terrified of your golf clubs. Do you think so? She doesn't like anything swishing around. Liam, why would she be scared of that? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And I think owners often feel, especially of rescue pets, often feel, oh, something terrible must, must have happened. And, and it's a possibility, but what's perhaps more likely is that she was just never introduced to umbrellas or, or things that are stick-like when she was a young puppy. Yes. So she's um, never learned to relate to them and, and, and approaches them with caution. Yeah, yeah. She looks as if she she cowered the other day. We were walking, and there was a, a gentleman with like a, a big golfing umbrella, and you know he was sort of using it as sort of sort of a prop as well. And she she went over to sort of sniff, and of course it moved, and she freaked. And it was like mm. I hadn't seen that before. That's that, that is really interesting because we sort of presume that dogs are sort of. Um you know, subconsciously sort of have human attributes and they they sort of understand everything the same way we do. Um, yes. And yet, of course, they, mm. they they don't. They're dogs, after all. And I can't... A friend of mine's got a, a rescue dog who's rather nervous and it's staggering, really. Once you get a nervous dog or a dog that, you know, might have been mistreated or left maybe a lot yeah. when they were young, it's a huge thing to overcome. And then anything, literally anything, it will set them off. And it's, it's, it's such a shame because you don't want your dog to feel that way. You want your dog just to be able to go and run and, you know, uh, be free of fear, really. I would like to rescue another dog. And, and I would be, how do you start? How do you sort of know if, if, if everything sort of in every situation is going to stress them out and worry them because you do want to introduce them to your friends. You do want to take them to the park. You do want to take them to the pub or whatever. Sure. So I think starting off with approaching a a reputable rescue um, who will have assessed the the dog before you, you, are introduced and and before you get them home so you already have a bit of an idea about who they are and and what their likes and dislikes are and 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 if they may struggle in certain situations but it it really is um once you get them home a case of just starting to explore but having quite low expectations so understanding that you you might have to remove them from a situation or you might have to uh, you know have some boundaries in place when you have people over that that sort of thing um until you you really know your new pet and and they feel safe and, and comfortable w- with you as well what about um socializing cats do that does that work in the same way as dogs it's very similar. We obviously want our cats to to feel safe and, and to be able to relate to, to people. Um, but we don't particularly want them to feel safe around traffic and other outside noises. So the focus is much more on um, their environment at home and, and helping them to relate to sort of noises in the home, washing machines, that sort of thing. And, and like I say, people handling them, getting them used to uh, coping with that, really. So it, it's a slightly different focus. 
focus because obviously um, we take dogs out with us more. So we want them to, there's more for, to do really with dog socialising. We couldn't, we can't, we sort of miss out also our smaller pets, like our guinea pigs and our rabbits and our tortoises. Mm-hmm. I remember just as a kid, if I went round to one of my friend's house, I wanted to pick up their rabbit. I wanted to handle their guinea pig and their tortoises. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's difficult, Leanne, isn't it? You just think it's, you don't, especially with children, how do you, how do you mm-hmm. do that well? How do you just sort of have that confidence that, you know, you can have your, your son or daughter's friends round in the garden and you're not frighten the animals. Yeah, I think teaching the uh, children or giving them opportunities to interact in a way that suits both the pets. I actually have this situation myself. I've got two rabbits um, and neither of them particularly like being picked mm. up. But my daughter comes into their enclosure with me and and sort of sits down and and just feeds them dandelion leaves and and um, bits of veg here and there and and as as a result they have a really positive sort of relationship yeah. with her because she doesn't try and do things that they don't like um, and she's still getting something so they've still out got of them. that yeah. connection yeah. But not yeah, picking absolutely. them up, and yeah. So I think that's interesting because it works sort of both ways for uh, for children and for animals. Mm. I mean, we already had the dogs when we had children, so the children have, have always had dogs in their lives, which is lovely because they yeah. they treat them really, really wonderfully. You know, they not too rough and gently, gently, and don't lean on their backs and all those sorts of things. And so you you gently, gently, and and so they got a wonderful relationship with animals. But it's also interesting the other way around because the dogs have always had the children uh, ever since the dogs were, were young. So they're more comfortable around because you know what children are like. They're so, you know, they get all sort of excited and stuff and, and it can fingers, fingers and pies. pies. And the, the dogs can get nervous and you can scare the, the so I use dogs as a example. So that's what we've got. But so when other children come around, uh, the dogs are okay and they'll go and sort of play in amongst them. And it's it's sort of a lovely relationship all round actually so the dogs have got used to the, to children in general and uh, and vice versa and i think that's i think that's really healthy i think it's a, a wonderful thing for life in actual fact i almost think all families should have uh, s- s- certainly small dogs if you can um and uh, it just gives a wonderful life skill to young children yeah, I suppose in some ways, would you say that is the, I mean, you don't plan, do you, you know, things happen, you know, and people do everything differently, but I suppose, would it be better that way round having animals or any sort of pet before starting a family out of choice? It's a hard one because I think that every pet is so individual that, that you'll get some that would cope really well being brought into a young mm. family, um, whereas others, it, it would be better the other way round. I think that having a, a a pet is such a big commitment as i'm sure you know you you both agree that that actually it, it it's about being the right time for for yourselves as a family rather than sort of trying to do it the right way round if if that makes yeah. sense so i think i i would say don't put pressure on things that there isn't a right way round as such but just just doing it at the right time for the family exactly and yeah going with the flow i guess um, Anton, now I know, I know for a fact, you like people to talk to you and, you know, I don't say know how what wonderful you, mean. you I are. I don't know what you mean. Gorgeous, know, which is all true, which is all true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here, here's a situation, here's a scenario. There you are, 
Minding really? your own business in your local park and you've got the, right. the, the two doggies in your arms, okay? How do you feel if you're oh, ignored and they furious. want to talk about absolutely your dogs? Absolutely furious. Do you get I, a bit uh, of jealousy? I, I just, uh, I like to, because people, dog people are a very uh, odd breed. Natural fact. I'm one of them. Yeah. Yes, oh, I no, am. That's, and, yeah. I, and I mean you exclusively. And um, because you get befriended immediately with dogs. So, um, yeah. It literally is like they've just stepped into your living room, sort of a, a, an affair. And you sort of already chums. Uh, and when I, when I <laughs> yeah. yes. So when they come out and go, oh, well, oh, what's that? Oh, isn't he lovely? And then they ask you questions about stuff. How, how long have you had them? How old are they? What are their names? What are they like? Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. Do you recommend that breed? Yes, I know. Yeah, it all of that. Go on for hours. Oh, no, and I had one of them once and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and not a question in my personal direction. I'm absolutely. Furious. Yeah, of I course. Said, I, I said to a lady the other day, I said, this is lovely and all that, but isn't it anything you'd like to know about me? <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, though. I love it. I love it when I was stopped yesterday, uh, you know, I was going actually to get Poppy some food and this woman from Australia stopped and she went, oh my goodness, you've got a Parsons, you've got a Parsons. And then, and we, yeah, we did. We ended up talking for 10 minutes about the breed and, and, uh, how you know they're very popular in Australia. And Are they? Yeah, yeah. That's and hilarious. I didn't know that. So it was. It is really funny, and I suppose that's a great part of, of being a, a dog owner, isn't it? Is, is that socialisation? And, and you know, we're obviously gradually now um, starting to get back to something resembling normality. So, Leanne, what do you think the impact has been um, with coronavirus? and the socialisation of our of our pets. So I think that um, obviously we know there's been an awful lot of puppies and, and dogs taken on during COVID because um, people have um, perhaps been at home a little bit more and, and had a little bit more time to, to devote to them, which is great. But uh, on the flip side, we obviously know that we haven't been able to socialise them in the way mm. that, that we would perhaps normally, specifically having lots of visitors, you know, introducing them to lots of people and um, and and allowing them that opportunity, um, and obviously training classes and that kind of thing. So, so there there is that to consider. However, there have been some positives as well um, for those dogs, um, specifically that are perhaps a, a a little worried by other people or, or perhaps need things to be taken a little slower. Um, so, having sort of in a sense social distancing between um, dogs and and people ha- has been a positive for some individuals mm. um, and has definitely helped with with some circumstances so it, it, it it's a bit of both really I hadn't even thought actually if if you had um rescued a, 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 a dog during lockdown and things like that and like you say it's just been yourself or one other person or you're just mm-hmm. family yeah of course now we're allowed to start you know having visitors in the house that's going to be like who are you you know yeah that, that that's going to be yeah, a, yeah. a bit of a it's a possibility and do you think that there's a different impact on that you know depending on the age or or their 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 history so like a puppy compared to an older dog 
Mm. So, so puppies um, tend to, to be a little more open to learning, a little sort of approach new things with curiosity, um, which is how we're able to sort of socialize them in those early weeks. Um, however, it really does depend on the individual and, and if if that individual has had a really robust socialization period and, and genetically they're, they're quite well-rounded, um, then coming into a new home as an older pet is less likely to to be troublesome than mm. for, for some who perhaps haven't had quite the best um sort of start in in that way uh, so it really does depend on on a few factors Anton has, has your two loved having you around a lot more because obviously you that I mean god how long did you go without being able to play a bit of golf? oh oh months and months oh. I mean my swing dear I mean it was all over the place <laughs> I mean, it was, it is lovely because you are, you know, because you were allowed to go out and do, take exercise, apparently. Um, yes. Uh, so we were able to uh, be with the dogs all the time and then go out and walk. So, I mean, it was lovely. We live, live as you lovely, do. You, yeah. You're wonderful where you live is, is wonderful spaces to mm. walk dogs and things, uh, as it is here where we live. And so we had these, Wonderful time together. The interesting thing about Dachshunds is they're not very good on their own uh, as a breed. They get they get um, right separation anxiety, and when oh, yeah, they? when um, so unless you sort of work from home and you can have one, as long as you're there all the time. If you're not there all the time, you need to get two. When I first met Hannah, she had one, and sadly he he he, he right. Uh, uh, then we got another one later on, so we had a slightly older dog. Hannah had the older dog and then this new puppy and then the older dog passed away sadly and then the the the, the puppy which, which got a little bit bigger was uh, left on on its uh, on its own not literally and then hmm. for example it got really difficult when we were even when we go to bed leave it in the kitchen uh it used oh hello oh hello what are you doing uh, hello who's That's that Brass, darling boy Brass, come here Hello, Brenston Pickle. Okay, let's have a look. There you are. Look, let's say hello to everyone. Oh, look! Oh, there. oh, in the beautiful. So, um, and then so we had real problems with him, and um, and then we had to get Branston, uh about two years later after he, uh, when he was about two, Antoninus. Overnight transformation. Overnight really? transformation. Is this commonly, Anne? It can be, and and I think particularly um, in Anton's situation there, where um, the young puppy had only ever been with the older mm. dog, who sadly passed away, that sort of comes down to that's all he's ever known. So then to suddenly find himself on his own, right? It's not unusual for for that to to happen, but um, and, and again for for breeds that are. Uh, sort of historically would be kept in larger groups or you know w with others uh, other hounds um definitely are um they do like to be with with others um but with the right sort of training and approach they they can they can cope on their on their own could lockdown have actually improved the bond between us and our pets it's definitely possible um like, like i say for for those pets who have had more time with their owner and have had you know more opportunity to spend time together and, and go for long walks it's definitely worked out 
for for the best for for those pets that, that you know on the flip side of that those pets that have struggled with the change in routine and perhaps having less space um you know less of their own space than they're used to um especially as we talked about before when the schools closed um that there, there was more going on at home so again yeah it really does depend but but there's definitely been um some improvements for for a lot of pets in in that sense having their owners around a lot and would you have any sort of tips for someone with like a younger animal who missed out on some of the experience due to lockdown I mean because you can't you can't get that time back can you but what what could you do to help them yeah you, you can't get the time back but really the the advice is the same in terms of just thinking about what you do and, and where you would like to take your your pet. Um, you know, are you the sort of person that likes to take them to the pub or likes to take them on public transport? Yes, that, public that kind transport. Of thing, or take them in the car and, and just build them up mm. gradually, introduce them to it, a pace that they can cope with and, and just build them up gradually, introduce them um, slowly and, and, and you, you will get there. Could I ask a question just about training dogs? Mm. What's it been like during the lockdown? I don't know if your experience or if you know anything about people taking up training courses, even if online, uh, for dog training. Because we have spent so much time with our dogs now, we have the time to put into that sort of thing. Yeah. Has there been an increase in that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, certainly from our perspective at Blue Cross, through our behaviour line where we speak to, to clients, we've definitely had an increase in calls and an increase in um, certainly sort of throughout the, the lockdown where things have changed and, and perhaps um, certain pets are and, and, and their owners are struggling a little more. So needing that support um, to to sort of work through the adjustments really but it's hard to know sort of across the board but definitely from our perspective we've we've seen more um uh, more people getting in touch with us do you, do you think it's important to train dogs certainly new young dogs yeah absolutely i don't think anybody sets out to get a dog to make their life more difficult mm. and i think that if you don't put that time and effort yeah. into that training or you know at least sort of just introducing them to the the life that they're going to lead it can be very challenging and and it is one of the reasons that we do get pets given up Mm. for rehoming um because people are struggling with coping with them well it's the um, socialization again I think and I actually I I honestly think I made a little bit of a mistake because when I had my Labrador years and years and years ago took him to training classes so it helped me I got to know know what I was doing with just the basics of sit and stay and recall but it is the socializing and I could take him anywhere and so when I got a poppy dog I was like I know what I'm doing that's okay I don't need to go to another class but actually Hmm. I think it is so important and I think whether you you know because like you say we want to make sure that they do fit in with our lives but let's talk about the positives of you know, summer's here. We might be going on little staycations. I've, I just took my parents on a staycation and took Poppy and she's great. She sort of fits in long as she's with us. She's, she's great. Mm-hmm. Is holidaying though with your, with your dog a good idea? As long as it's enjoyable for for both you and and the dog, I, I think it's it's a great idea. We we take my dog on holiday with us um, most of the time. You know when we're staying in it in the UK, and and yeah, it can be really great fun. Anton, have you taken? We have actually once uh, upon a time we went down to the West Country 
for a sort of a weekend and took the dogs with us and stayed in the hotel that was obviously conducive to having dogs and stuff. And it was lovely. It was, yeah. it was lovely. And also you have that, you know, you don't have the worry of where you're going to leave them. You're going to leave them with a fortune. We have somebody mm. who will take the dog for us who has her own dogs and she'll look after the dogs if we have to go abroad. And that's lovely. They seem to have a better time there than they do here. But if you don't have that, and a lot of people don't, if you start having to talk about, think about kennels and things like that and, you know, doggy hotels and one thing or another, and, and it's a worry, you know, it's something you've got to consider. But, you know, I speak the ideal is to be able to go away with your dog. Mm. But you're right. You know, if I couldn't, if I had to go away suddenly for work and I couldn't have, have anybody to look after Poppy and I would have to put her into boarding kennels, which we do, we are lucky, we do have a great one. But is there anything you would suggest, Leanne, to prepare you and your dog to be separated, maybe for like for a week going on holiday and what to do when we pick them up? Yeah, so I think, um, again, it comes down to that preparation. So introduce them to where they're going to be staying, you know, who they're going to be with. If they're going to go into kennels, then perhaps take them there for a a shorter trip so that they can get to grips with the situation and, um, and understand the routine take something that is familiar so perhaps take their bed their their food their um their bowls their toys so you know something that that it's like home away from home and then you know on return just try to keep things as usual really as normal um try to sort of avoid overcompensating too much yeah. because they've been away you've been away and um yeah we it will be far easier for them just to sort of slip back into that that normal routine um but equally if if you do notice that that there are any changes in their behavior then note those and and respond to to them the way that you need to and um and and perhaps give them a little bit more time to to readjust if you're lucky enough to be able to take your your dog on on holiday with you do you think that change of scenery can confuse them or is it, are they okay as long as they're with you, they're, they're, they're fit in? It is a possibility. And if you know that your dog is um, perhaps a little, um, you know, struggles with noises um, like mine does, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if she hears people walking past or, or bangs on the door, then then she will bark. Then, then consider other options, consider options that are going to be less stressful for you and for them that there are so many choices now like you say lots of different self-catering options and or even camping you know there's there's lots of different you know depending on your the individual dog so it's um it's important to think about what they might struggle with in order to sort of make it less stressful for you i i know the answer to this anton have you ever been camping (laughs) i almost did panto once is that the same thing um (laughs) Uh, no, I haven't been camping. No, I knew that. I have to be honest with you. The he, thought, likes the, he likes the um, finer things. I, I like these things. That they've, <laughs> they've invented this lovely thing, actually. You, it, you should try it. It's remarkable. It's called um, Hotel. And you have all sorts of amenities like room service and uh, a bed. I quite enjoy the concept of a bed rather than lying on the ground. I've heard this expression glamping. Yes, yeah. You still wouldn't do it. I nonsense. know that still would. It's a nonsense. You, you wouldn't buy into that. No nonsense. I mean, <laughs> I, I must admit. <laughs> I mean, you get a soggy duvet. I mean, what have you got a leaky ujimuf? I mean, who wants that? 
Someone did. Someone <laughs> didn't tie your flap up correctly. Love it. I mean, I can't stand <laughs> that. But what, I'm, I must admit, I haven't done it. But I will try it. I'm going to do it. I will do You're it very one day. Game, I'll give you that. Game on. But I think they're clever, our dogs. So, if say, for example, I went camping. Poppy would go, oh, I like this. I'm literally sat right by you. I can eat next to you. I don't have to. You're not higher than me. You're not at a table. You know, is there is there some dangers that they could pick up some bad habits or can they or will they sort of prefer that situation? You know, like you do one thing on holiday because that's holiday, but then bringing them back home, you know, how do they get into sort of naughty, cheeky habits? <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility, but um, I think that that a holiday is such a short period of time compared yes. with the, their normality. Um, and I think that dogs are, or that you know, they they can be creatures of of habit. And and once you get back home and and they're back in their normal surroundings, they will sort of slip back into the way things were, as long as you're consistent as well. So when I took my parents away with Poppy Dog on our little staycation, we we were um, in the countryside with a, a field full of sheep. Now she's got to an age where she's not interested. And uh, but if you're taking a, a new sort of younger dog with you, hasn't been, you live in the city, you don't go away um, into the countryside very often. I suppose you've got to be a bit aware of, you know, walking in fields that they're not used to and there's livestock. So you've got your sheep and everything. Just adjust that adjustment, you know, should you be practicing your recall? Obviously important to be on the lead. How do we prepare our doggies for walking around in new areas and surroundings? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's a, a a great point, and and I think even for for those pets who are perhaps used to walking in the countryside, just being somewhere new, um, with all fresh smells and um, you know, a, a fresh environment could could be really really exciting for them. So it's really important to to remember that um even though your your recall might be really really good at home that in a new place it it might be not quite so good so um prepare to perhaps keep your dog on lead a a little more perhaps take a long line so that they can have a little bit more freedom if you wish but you've still got that control and yeah just be really really aware of your surroundings that you know are there any sheep in the next field for example or you, you know where whereabouts are you going to be walking so that you can be really really aware of those potential sort of risks obviously it's risky to, to the dog but also risky to the livestock as well if if they were to get in with the in the field yeah can you take your cat on holiday so cats are um our home bodies yeah. really they would prefer to to not be taken on on holiday they for, for cats to feel sort of safe and secure they need to be really familiar with their surroundings and have laid their territory and um all of that kind of thing so um taking them on holiday could be quite stressful mm. um so it's really best to sort of leave them at home either with a, a, a pet sitter somebody coming in or perhaps looking into a local cattery um where they can just sort of spend the, the time there and, and then come home once once you're done i remember when i was little i had a neighbor and i whenever they went on holiday I used to love it because it was my job to go in and look after the cats and feed them. Oh, lovely. I don't have a cat, but I would be worried. I mean, if I knew my neighbour was looking after them and coming in to feed them, but do they they sense you're gone and and miss you? I mean... 
they will definitely know that something is is different. Mm. Cats tend to be a little bit more independent, but that's a massive generalisation because we, we know there are some cats that struggle a little bit with, with their owner going. Right. Um, but it's not normally to the point, um, you know, to, to their huge detriment um and and once the owner comes back everything sort of reverts back to to their normal for them i mean if it was up to me i would just take yeah, take all of them with me you know <laughs> camping with anton <laughs> oh i've loved it thank you so much to leanne reed and the gorgeous king of ballroom anton debeck i've loved talking to you so much today and let's all go on holiday let's go camping let's go camping marvelous that's it for this pet cast if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to share it with a fellow pet lover and click follow or subscribe to get the latest episode on your phone when it's ready. For more information about everything we've talked about, go to bluecross.org.uk forward slash petcast. I'm Emma Barton, and the Petcast is a Bengo media production for Blue Cross. Blue Cross.